The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. The kid sprang up from his position and the football slammed right into his gut. He looked up and through the approaching players, he saw a small gap and so he went for it. The field opened up before him and the end zone came rushing up to meet him. It all happened so fast. The touchdown, the excitement, the glory, and then the 15-yard penalty for excessive celebration. I like to think I've come a long way since that day in eighth grade. <laughs> but here's the thing, we, we've all seen it happen, right? And you don't have to be a sports fan to know what I'm talking about. Maybe you saw it on TV or at your grandkids' baseball game, but it's always the same. Someone scores a touchdown, makes a game-winning catch, and what happens? They bust out their, their best dance moves. They beat their chest. They point to the name on the back of their jersey. They celebrate. And when they do, it's like they say to the whole world, look at me. Look at the great things I can do. Look at what I'm capable of. Why? I'm great. And there's something that's exciting about that. There's a reason kids look up to these athletes and say, I want to be like that someday. It's because of glory. You see, glory is respected. It's rewarded. Glory is popular. It gets you picked, not only at recess, but in life as well. It gives you opportunities. And whether you aspire to be an Olympic athlete or not, I think we can all say glory feels good. It's nice to be noticed, appreciated, and recognized for what we do. But what happens in the real world? I think most of the time we live our lives unnoticed. We go to work and we go home. We pay the bills day in and day out. And there's something to be said about faithful work, but my point is this. There's almost 8 billion people on this planet, and, well, to most, we're just another face in the crowd. The world will just keep spinning no matter how popular we are, no matter how many people recognize us for what we've done. If you don't believe me, just try Googling your own name. It might surprise you, but we're awfully small in a big world. And sometimes that recognition of that fact, can, it can sting to know that we haven't made that big of an impact on the world. Sometimes it can hurt to realize we're normal. But that's the kind of person that we meet in our text for today. Today we meet somebody who, well, was a nobody. She was normal by this world's standards. Some would even call her lowly. Her name was Mary. Mary was a young Galilean woman, part of the fallen nation of Israel. And now Israel had once been this great and glorious kingdom, synonymous with power and honor, but not anymore. 
Israel was now a subdued scattering of remnants that chafed under Roman rule. A broken kingdom, lowly people. But just like everybody else, Mary had grown up listening to the words of the prophets who foretold of a day when God would lift up his people again, restore the kingdom, restore their honor by sending his Messiah to save his people from their sins. And so just like everybody else, Mary was waiting for this Messiah too. And yet one day, everything completely changed for Mary. She was visited by an angel named Gabriel, one of God's special messengers. Gabriel came to Mary and told her that she, a virgin, would be expecting a child. And not just any child, but her son would be the Messiah. Her son would be the one person that all of Israel had been waiting for for years and years. Just like that, Mary's normal life was a distant memory. How would people describe her now? Fortunate? Noticed? Lucky? Well, anything but lowly. This was incredible news. It's, it's amazing to find out that you're expecting a child, a, a regular, normal child. But the Messiah? What if the doctor told you that your son or your daughter would be a future president? Or a multimillionaire? But the Messiah? These news came as a surprise to Mary, but this was part of God's plan all along. God had planned his salvation plan down to the details, and over time he had revealed these details through his prophets. The prophet Malachi had foretold that the Savior would be born in a small town called Bethlehem. The prophet Isaiah had foretold that the mother of the Messiah would be a virgin. Everything was just coming into place, just like God had planned it. But why Mary? Why did God choose Mary out of everyone else? You see, this is the kind of God that we have. He is a God who chooses the nobodies, the normal people, and the not-so-noticed. He didn't choose Mary because of who she is. No, he chose her because of who he is, because he's a God who lifts up the lowly. Now, people today, they're really not that different than the people in Mary's day. Today, we ascribe worth to people based on what they can do, what they can achieve in their life, and the influence they gain for themselves. And sometimes we can fall into that trap of comparing ourselves to others, comparing how much we're noticed. But that's not a competition that matters. Really, the comparison, the only one that matters, is the one between us and God, because there will always be someone who's more noticed than we are. What really matters is the comparison between us and God. You see, there was nothing about us that made God decide he just had to have us as his children. Spiritually speaking, we were nobodies. You could call us lowly too. And yet, we want to be recognized. 
There's this desire in us to step into the spotlight, for people to see the great things we've done, to pat us on the back, to notice us. And yet, if we were truly to step into the spotlight, it wouldn't work out in our favor. What if people saw the things about us that would make them turn and run? Our blemishes, our insecurities, our lapses in judgment, our desire to be noticed? Who would stick around? A few years ago, a show aired on TV called God Friended Me. It told the story of an atheist named Miles who ran a podcast and where he talked about his struggles with religion. And then one day, Miles received a mysterious friend request from a strange account. It was from God. He had been friended on Facebook by God. And we live in an age of social media. For those of you who don't know how it works, it, it's like this. You, you pick a picture of yourself, a good picture, and then you write a good description about you, about the good things you've done, and then you sit back and wait for the friend request to roll in. But what if, for every good thing we posted about ourselves, we wrote an embarrassing thing? For every achievement, we wrote a mistake. Who would be our friend then? Who would stick around? Miles' story, it's, it's interesting, and maybe not that far from the truth. You see, God actually knows what we look like under the spotlight. He sees the things that make us noticed, but he also sees the things that would make people run away, the things that we try and hide about ourselves. He sees the things that make us lowly, and God's not going anywhere. God really has friended us. He, he sent his son to be born of a lowly person, to save lowly people, to lift those up who were hunched down under the weight of sin. And just like a true friend, Jesus understands what it's like to be lowly too. Who better understands than him? He who left the glory of heaven, his Father's presence, just to join us in sorrow here on this earth. Jesus understands what we go through. And yet, living in this world, sometimes it does feel like we're on our own. Tragedy enters our lives. We feel the sharpness of pain, and well, it feels like God's not watching. It feels like we're left to brave whatever this crazy world has to throw at us, all on our own. But Mary tells us that that simply isn't true. God kept his promises to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to all the ancestors of Israel. He kept his promise to Mary, to all of God's people. He sent his son into the world. And he keeps his promises to you, too. When he tells you he sent his son for you, he means it. When he says your sins are forgiven, they really are. And when he says he'll come again one day to take you from this place of sorrow to a place where you won't feel the soreness of sin anymore, he will. There was nothing remarkable about who Mary was. By this world's standards, she was lowly. She was normal. 
But what is remarkable was her response to everything that God had done in her life. For God's grace to her, she went to her relative, Elizabeth, and she burst out in song. Luke captures this conversation. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary put the spotlight on God. Because God had remembered her and shown her mercy, Mary burst out in song and gave praise to the one who deserved it. He had remembered Mary. He had not taken his eyes off her lowly state, but he had allowed her to have a son, the Messiah. God had not forgotten his people either. He had lifted them up from their lowly state and sent them what they needed, a savior from sin. God lifted up the lowly. And so what happens when we put the spotlight on God? Well, we see a God who supports us, who notices us in our struggles. We see a God who chooses the nobodies, the the normal people, to be his treasured possession. We see a God who watches over us, who fills us with his promises and equips us with what we need to live in this world. And so if, if you feel that there's a hardship in your life that you just can't solve, or some lingering pain that you can't find relief for, or if you're just struggling to be a normal person in this world, both things can stand. You can be considered lowly by this world's standards. But know this, too. You are sons and daughters of the king. And that changes everything. God notices you. And he loves you. He sees you as something so special. And not only does he see you that way, but he has made you that way by lifting you up through his son. To him be all the glory for he has done great things for us. Amen.